Hey, this is Amy Martin with some big news about the bison at Yellowstone National Park. We devoted the whole first season of Threshold to the story of bison in the United States, and right now, another important chapter in that long saga is unfolding. But before I share this latest news, I'm going to do a quick reminder of the background. The Yellowstone bison are the largest wild bison herd in the world. And it's kind of a miracle that they're here at all. Before Europeans arrived, there were more than 50 million wild bison all over North America. By 1901, only 23 free-roaming bison remained in the United States, all protected inside Yellowstone National Park. The bison that live in the park now, around 5,000 animals, are the ancestors of that group of 23. If you listen to the first season of Threshold, or if you're just familiar with the chorus of Home on the Range, you might remember that one of the key things about bison is that they like to roam. They're made to roam, actually. Bison, or buffalo as they're sometimes called, are migratory animals. They evolved to move in herds across the prairie, grazing, raising their calves, feasting relatively nonstop when the grass they depend on is available, and then burning the fat stored in their bodies to power them through the long, cold winters. Bison are really good at being bison, if they're allowed to be bison, and that means being able to move. And that's where things get tricky. Although the herd inside Yellowstone National Park has managed to persist all of this time, their natural instincts to roam have been severely curtailed. Once the animals cross the boundaries of the national park, they step into a quagmire of complicated human issues. The simplest way to sum it all up is that some people want the bison to be able to roam freely in and out of Yellowstone National Park, and some people do not. So that's the background. Here's the big news. Yellowstone National Park recently released a new plan for managing the bison herd. It's in draft form and it maps out three alternatives for how to manage the herd in the future. Before it gets finalized, the public has a chance to read it and weigh in on which path is best. The window for public comment is open right now and it closes September 25th. That means there's basically a month left to learn about the park's draft bison management plan and share your opinion about it, if you're so inclined. Moments like this don't come around all that often. This is a rare chance to have some influence on the long-term fate of this herd. To learn more about the plan and what it could mean for the future of bison, I reached out to Morgan Worthen, Chief of Public Affairs at Yellowstone National Park. So the park recently released a draft bison management plan. Uh, my first question is, why is this happening now? What triggered the need for a new bison management plan? Yeah, so we have initiated a new plan uh, because of changed circumstances and new scientific information about bison management. So we felt like this was a great opportunity to focus on creating a contemporary plan that looks at those changed circumstances. And the plan that you've been working off of, when was that implemented? Was it 2000? Yeah, yep. So it's dated, the plan is. For folks 
who maybe haven't listened to season one of Threshold or aren't following this closely, why do we need a management plan at all? Why can't bison just be wild and do whatever they want to do in Yellowstone or wherever they are? That's a great question. I mean, all all wildlife need to be managed uh, in some manner. Bison are no different. Bison are a little bit more complicated, though, just because they migrate and they migrate long distances. So typically in the winter months, they will migrate into the state of Montana. So right uh, in the what we refer to as the Gardner Basin. As such, uh, they need to be managed because they are large animals, um, because their numbers are growing, and because there's only a certain amount of tolerance for bison in the state of Montana. So we work cooperatively with other federal agencies and tribes to focus on an ecologically sustainable wild population of bison, but also really important to the National Park Service is to reduce the transmission of brucellosis from bison to cattle, which is of great concern to the state of Montana. So I wanna come back to the brucellosis stuff in in a little bit, but before we go down that path, um, I'm curious with this upcoming plan, why does the National Park, which has its own authority over park matters, why do you need to have a plan that is agreed upon by anyone outside of the park? Why can't you just make your own plan and say, here we go? So great question. In essence, this will be Yellowstone National Park's plan. That said, though, we really have no control over the management of bison once they leave the park. So for instance, um, hunting of bison outside of Yellowstone National Park. So we also acknowledge in this plan the importance of working with our interagency bison management plan partners and really providing opportunities for them as cooperating agencies to comment on this plan because they are critical partners uh, to us in the overall management of Yellowstone bison. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this plan will be able to go into effect whether or not the governor of Montana agrees to it, whether or not the Montana Department of Livestock agrees to it. Like you're working to come up with a plan you can all agree on, but it's not contingent upon their approval. Is that right? Well, we are certainly striving for their input um, and agreement as best as best we can. We outlined three different alternatives that initiated conversations that we had and we will continue to have with other cooperating agencies such as the Forest Service, especially Custer Gallatin National Forest, um, the state of Montana, but also tribes. Mm-hmm. And just for folks who might not be familiar with the area, the reason why there's sort of this focus on cooperating with some of the agencies in Montana in particular versus maybe less emphasis on Wyoming is that the bison tend to migrate north out of the park, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's very few bison that migrate out of Yellowstone Park into the state of Wyoming. The majority of Yellowstone bison migrate into Montana, and that's via the Gardner Basin. They'll also migrate, not as many as far as numbers go, out of the western side of the park around West Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. Did you have a big bison migration winter this past winter? Oh, it was extraordinary. It was absolutely extraordinary. We had not seen really ever the vast majority of bison within Yellowstone migrate out of the park 
and into the Gardner Basin over the course of the winter. So there were times where there was a thousand plus bison within the Gardner Basin, and that would be between uh, Mammoth Hot Springs all the way down through the Gardner Basin and even a little bit north. It was absolutely extraordinary. Wow. And how did the local community tolerate that? Because I mean, I know people in Gardner are very used to bison wandering around, but that's a lot of bison. So it was a lot of bison. Um, And they are, I mean, they are iconic. They're majestic animals. They are also big, very large, and they migrate in family units. But what we found by and large was from a public safety and private property standpoint, uh, there was very few concerns. I think it bespeaks the success of the interagency bison management plan and the cooperating partners that were on the ground focused on doing whatever possible to ensure that bison were doing their their traditional migratory patterns, but also ensuring private property was protected um, and public safety. And were there any documented transmissions of brucellosis from bison to cattle, even in this like highly dense uh, year of migration? No, no, there's never been a documented case um, of the transfer of brucellosis from bison to cattle. And what we understand now is that it's really elk that are the primary uh, transmitter of brucellosis to cattle, not bison. So we are we are working with those new circumstances. We're going to jump out of my conversation with Morgan for a minute because that last bit she said there, the new circumstances, that's really important to understanding what's happening with this plan. Some of the initial premises behind the management of bison, and particularly about the transmission of brucellosis from bison to cattle, as Morgan just said, have been found to be incorrect or have changed in the last 20 years. And the plan that was released this month reflects that. It's an environmental impact statement, essentially an analysis of the impacts of different management strategies. So the plan presents three options. There are a lot of details for each one, but I'm going to try to condense them down to the essentials. Option one is to largely keep doing what has been done for the last 20 years. Keep the herd at around 3,000 to 5,000 animals, using a combination of public and tribal hunting, sending some animals to slaughter, and transferring others to tribal lands. So you can think option one, status quo. Option two would put more emphasis on the transfer of animals to tribal lands and tribal hunting outside the park. This option would cap the number of animals at 6,000. It would also likely reduce the number of bison shipped to slaughter as the transfer to tribes and hunting increases. Option three marks a significant policy change. The park would stop sending bison to slaughter as a regular part of management. Instead, this option relies on natural selection, public and tribal hunting, and the transfer of bison to tribal lands to manage the size of the herd. The Park Service would still reserve the right to slaughter bison, but that would be more like a tool of last resort rather than a regular part of operations. If this alternative was chosen, bison would be treated more like elk, which roam freely in and out of the park, get hunted when they're outside of the park, and are actually the only animal that has been found to have transmitted brucellosis to cattle in the wild. Option three would likely result in many more bison, potentially raising the number of animals to 7,000 or more. 
All three scenarios have measures in place to limit the size of the herd in the park. What varies is how those limitations are carried out and the target number of the herd. In all cases, the National Park Service is seeking to increase tribal hunting and the transfer of live animals to tribal lands. Okay, back to my conversation with Morgan. I'm doing environmental impact statements. They take, they take time, they take thought. Our commitment uh, is to do this well, to do it to the best of our ability, to do it right. Just really big picture, this is the largest wild bison herd in the world, correct? That's right, yeah, which is why it's so significant. We look at currently the bison population in Yellowstone as one of the last longest standing remaining wild herds of bison to exist. There were just a couple dozen here uh, in the early 1900s. It's an extraordinary success story of uh, bringing an iconic wild animal back from the brink of extinction. And so in some ways what this plan is asking the American people is, we used to have tens of millions of bison in this country. Can we tolerate 6,000, 7,000 now for the next little while? <laughs> yeah, can we, can we tolerate them? whether, as you say, whether it's 6,000 or 7,000, um, but how do we do that? How can we do that safely, keeping private property in mind, keeping the, the small, very small chance of brucellosis transmission to cattle in mind, which is something very important to the National Park Service, keeping all of those factors in mind. How can we manage Yellowstone National Park bison under a contemporary plan based on new science, change circumstances, and in today's day and age, we have some ideas and uh, we would like to know what people think about it. This is a chance for people around the country to weigh in on a plan that will affect the fate of this herd and of these animals for a long time. Like this is, you don't do a new management plan every year, every five years even. It's been over 20 years. And so this is a pivot point where people have a chance to really impact the future of this herd. Is that is that accurate or is that overly dramatic? <laughs> <laughs> um, it is accurate. Um, it could be dramatic, but but it's accurate. The interagency bison management plan, as you say, that was two decades ago when it was signed. And uh, now it's an opportunity for us to, to revise it, to think about the next 20 years. We will take all of the comments that we receive, study them, think through options, opportunities for improvement. And then our intent is to release the final uh, environmental impact statement sometime in 2024. Our end goal is to have a, a record of decision, which will be the overarching document, which will guide management actions for bison management into the future. So to recap, this is a big deal for the Yellowstone bison and you are encouraged to have a say in what happens with the herd. These three proposed options for bison management are open for public comment from now through September 25th, 2023. 
As part of the public comment period, Yellowstone has also organized two virtual information sessions. Those are happening August 28th and 29th. We'll put the details about all of that in the show notes and on our website so you can participate. And in addition to the webinars, a really good way to get fully up to speed on the issues around the Yellowstone bison is to listen or re-listen to season one of Threshold. We'll also continue to share with you what happens with the Yellowstone bison as this story develops. And we want to hear from you about this. What questions do you have about bison? Bison science, bison history, bison management? Send your questions to us at outreach at thresholdpodcast.org and we'll try to answer as many as we can in an upcoming dispatch. Thanks to Travis Yost for the use of his beautiful music, and thanks to Sam Moore and Erica Janik for help producing this episode. Visit thresholdpodcast.org for more.